Hi, my name is Jose and I'm a photographer from Venezuela living in New York City. As an immigrant myself, I'm curious how the stories of other immigrants are like mine. From where they came from and what they left behind, to how they navigated their journey and who they became along the way. Really, I'm just trying to get to know my new neighbors. On this episode of New Neighbors, I talk with Jess, an artist originally from Uganda. Up until a few months ago, Jess used to live in Manhattan. I met Jess at her apartment on the Upper West Side, just as she was finishing packing. Here, we spoke about her early days as a dancer in the city, her job at one of my favorite bars in the West Village, and how New York helped her find her own voice. Here's Jess, her new neighbor from Uganda. What's your space? What do you, where do you like to sit? Where are you? Well, this is our apartment. We've lived here for one year now. The majority of my time in New York, I lived in Washington Heights. Oh, cool. I like Washington Heights. Yeah. I had a room. I started off at a room on 166 in Amsterdam. I was staying in a, I was staying in a room with this single mom. Whoa. And her kids, and she was renting a room in an extra room in her apartment, and yeah, I lived there for about a year, and then I made friends with this Kenyan woman named Emma. We met on the train. We both had like big sort of like African style earrings on, and and we saw each other on train, and she was like, "I like your <laughs> earrings," and I was like, "I like your earrings." <laughs> so we became friends, and she was. About a year later, she was leaving the city, and uh, she handed her room over to me, and I, and then that, that was on one seventieth, and between Amsterdam and Audubon, and I, eventually took over that apartment. It was a three bedroom apartment, and I lived there for I don't know maybe like eight years or something like that, and I rented out the rooms, and it helped me to. It was like a, a home for me. Mm. I always knew it was temporary, but it was temporary for a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> and then I eventually had to let that apartment go during the pandemic because I was in Kampala the whole time. Locked down, the airport was closed. And then Abdu and I moved together, moved in together here. It was actually Emma who introduced Abdu and I a very long time ago. And yeah, I must say that the majority of my friends have always been international people. I gravitate, I think we gravitate towards each other in a natural way. My oldest and longest friends are not from here. <laughs> but yeah, this is, uh, this is our apartment now. And you find me at a very strange season in my life. I find myself needing to leave, feeling a lot of pressure from the city life or the life that I've designed for myself here. I usually, the past five years, I've had like a, a strategy um, to avoid winter. I spend winters in, in Uganda. I go back home and I work on my music and I work on my creative endeavors over there. And then spring, summer, fall, I, I work in New York and I oriented myself to probably overwork myself while I'm here because of that. I've been working in the service industry from the, from the very beginning, which is uh, a lot more taxing than I think I would admit. I think that I have very high expectations of myself. 
Um, and it's very hard for me to admit that I cannot do something or that I'm overwhelmed or that I can't handle it. Mm -hmm. I, I've always taken a lot of pride in being able to handle chaos and mm -hmm. trauma. And that has to do with my upbringing, things that happened in my upbringing that I just had to soldier through. And that's become a pattern for me to soldier through. So I've had a couple of, I don't know how to say it. I've had a couple of like wake up calls in my life for me to be more honest with myself and to take a look at my behavior and my feelings and be like, you know what, Jess, you don't have to be in New York City. You don't have to stick to this plan. You can adjust it. You can try something else. Can I ask you? Yes. Because now you're, you're about to leave New York, right? Yeah. Is there something specific that brought you to the city initially? Yes. I, I moved here to pursue a career in dance. Um, I, I came for a summer program at this school called the Ailey School. And it was my intention to stay and, and be a full-time student there. But I didn't actually get in to their full-time program initially. But I stayed in New York anyways. And I, even though I was rejected from the school, you could still take open classes. Some of the classes were open to the public, so I took open classes. And I took classes all over the city and, you know, that summer program, it was in 2011, I think, it just sort of awakened a momentum in, in me to want to be here, to want to dance here and to want to be a part of what's happening here. And even though I didn't get into the school's full-time program, I, I was like, well, I could just be here anyways and do the open classes and things like that. And a couple months later... I auditioned again, and I I actually got in. <laughs> so, yeah, I came here to go to the Ailey School, and that's what I did. I did pursue dance for quite some time. Um, around a few years after, or the year that I graduated, my sister died. And Sorry to hear that. Yeah, she, she died in Uganda, and that really hit me very hard emotionally. I really struggled to focus on my own life at that point. And between 2015 and 2017, there was a, several family emergencies. And the first one was, was her. Her name was Karen. Karen. She was 19 years old. And it was sudden and it was tragic. So... Yeah, after I graduated, there was just one thing after another of personal and family emergencies that I just, I found it very hard to function. <laughs> and to stay grounded in the yes, city? Yes, I found it very hard to function in the city. I basically just worked and kept paying my bills, but creatively, it really... It messed me up, you know, mm -hmm. and I wasn't able to, I felt like the confidence that I needed in order to audition for dance jobs, it just wasn't there. And I got swept up in the, in the survival of it all. And Did then, you have to go back and forth between New York and Uganda a lot? No, I stayed here. Oh, I wasn't, that's tough. I wasn't there. And then in 2017, I found out that I had like arthritis in mm -hmm. my in my spine because I 
even in school, after school, I was dealing with all of this pain in like my left hip and in my back. Mm. And I saw these specialists and things like that. And I, no one could really figure out what was going on. So then in 2017, I found out that I have uh, arthritis mm-hmm. in my spine. And it, it like that also slowed me down as a, as a dancer, as a performer. I was like, well, yikes, I can't. Now that I know what's going on with me, I I really I need to make my body well before I you know be I I was not in physical condition to work on Broadway as a dancer you know even though that's what I wanted to do so I decided that I would shift my focus towards more wellness type stuff as far as my my dancing in my life was going. And that's when I started spending winters in Kampala every year. I was like, I need to, I need to stay away from cold climates. Mm-hmm. Cold climates really messed me up physically, but then also it would bring me down emotionally as well because I, the state of my body is very important to me. And if it doesn't feel well, then I don't feel well and I spiral you know i get very depressed and i make bad choices how long have you been in in the city i came in 2011 2011 wow that's uh almost 11 years almost almost i came here in 2014 and for me coming from a tropical country Mm. the most difficult time was winter Mm. because of the lack of sun yeah and obviously the snow was something so foreign to me yeah i still appreciate snow a little bit at the beginning but as time goes by in winter, I don't like it. And, I don't like it either. And I, <laughs> and and you tell me about your this place that you go to during winter. I also have a place like that, but for me, it's in Miami because my friends live there. Yeah. From Venezuela, they all came to Miami. Okay. So I go back to Miami, and I feel like uh, I'm in a special place again, yeah. especially during winter. It's so. your escape, your winter escape. Yeah, mm. and one thing that I've learned too is that New York is a very lonely place, even if you're surrounded by people. Yes. It seems like everybody has, and I don't know if you have that same experience, like you have friends, but it's always, they're always doing something, you're always doing something, you know? Well, I will say I do have, I do have friends. A lot of them aren't here anymore because the majority of them are international people. They have moved on, you know, they live in other parts of the world and I've, we keep in touch for sure. And I've actually visited many of them. Um, once I started incorporating music into my life around 2019, I, I organized like a little music tour and I visited my friends in different parts of the world <laughs> as a, you know, as a way to combine my, my music with my friendships and but yeah as far as here in the city the majority of my closest friends aren't here anymore Mm -hmm. and yes the ones that are still here you know scheduling and trying to see them and you know you can't take it so personally because the love is there you know and working in a bar really helps because they can come and see you at your job and sit and catch up with you so that that happens often but yeah, towards once the majority of my friends had moved, I would say my social circle became coincided with my work circle and I became friends with my coworkers or people who 
came into my job. That's how I would meet people and, and be friends with people. And yeah, the dangers of your work life and your friendships being one in the same. It's nice, but there's also dangers of it. Like mm -hmm. getting fired from that job, you know, it polarizes all of my friendships or it affects all of my friendships, mm. you know, and things like that. And thankfully, because they're all quite genuine friendships, they're not affected by me getting fired, but I won't be hanging around there as often <laughs> as before. And so the day-to-day -day consistency, friendship-wise, will be lost. And the people in Entwine and your other international friends sort of became like your yes. alternate family. Yes. I used to call or refer my to my bosses as my dads. <laughs> They were often sort of like father figures in my life and... Because it wasn't just business, it was also personal, you know? They cared about me, you know? And they still do, funny enough, you know, after what happened with uh, getting fired by the manager, I met with them in person, I bawled my eyes out of, you know? <laughs> I was like, you guys, I'm, you know, I'm so sorry about, you know, what happened and why she chose to fire me and, um, I, you know, was able to make things right with them and, and, you know, confirm that our relationship wasn't damaged by this. And they were, they assured me, they were like, you know what, Jess, we give you a high recommendation. We think you're amazing. You're going to get a better job than this. You, you have no idea how many times we've been fired ourselves. Like, don't take it. So personally, don't take it to heart. And then they came to my, they let me I was fired on a Sunday and it was a Tuesday, which was my, a few, just a few days later, my songwriter night. And they were like, please come still do your songwriter night. They both showed up for my songwriter night and, and bought my t-shirts, you know, because I'm, I'm, I'm selling t-shirts that are the, the cover art for my most recent music launch. Is that Polar. one of them? Yeah, I'm wearing it right now. <laughs> I mean, and, and they hugged me. And they were so emotional that this was the last time they were going to see me for a while because I told them I'm going to, to leave the country indefinitely. But I am leaving my things here, so I, I will be back in New York City at some point. I just don't know. Are you leaving the, the apartment like as is or are you packing all your stuff? I'm not packing my things. I mean, I am sort of packing my things, but um, more so... To make, if Abdu chooses to leave this apartment and I'm not around, then I, it would be less work for him to transport our things together. You're leaving separately or together? I, I'm leaving the country now and he will stay in this mm. apartment. And so I will leave some of my things here. And if he needs to leave the apartment and I'm not around, mm -hmm. then he will have my things together with his. And I'll, I'll just sort of like collect them in a way that He doesn't have to pack all my shit for me, you know? So I'll, I honestly don't have that many things either. It's just like those books, these shelves, my sketchbooks are in this basket and then clothes. That's all. Is there anyone that currently inspires you to do all this that you're doing? Yeah. I have been revisiting listening to Eartha Kitt's music. And I, I love how she has the confidence to misbehave 
to deviate from what we think we should be doing. You, you know, she's very mischievous. She's very um, reckless. And um, I think that I've been pressuring myself to, I don't know, be responsible. And I need to let that go. I need to let go of the need to be stable and responsible. And I need to misbehave a bit and just fuck all the way off, you know? So I feel very inspired by her work and just the confidence that she has to, you know, live her life in that way and I I want to try to do that with mine and not feel so shackled by you know leases and and money and plane tickets and and jobs and contracts I don't like any of those things I never have I've always like made the least amount of commitments possible in order to survive and now I just need even less than that You know, mm. I don't want to be on the lease of an apartment. I I mean, I just told my partner that I I don't know. Our arrangement needs to change. I don't know what those changes mean. But um, I mean, everything is sort of crashing down, funny enough. And I mean, things are still okay. We, we are fine, obviously. We're not like angry or broken up. He knows that I'm not, I don't feel well. He knows I'm unwell. Emotionally, maybe even mentally. I need, to th I need a therapist, to be honest. And that's what I'm going to do in New Zealand. I'm going to go to New Zealand. I'm going to see my family. I'm going to get a therapist. I keep saying that I'm going to, but I don't. <laughs> you know? I'm actually really going to do it. And well, it's hard to find the right person. Yeah. I'll tell you by experience. Yeah. And and that's the excuse that I've been using at this time is just sort of like, I don't know if I am ready to try to go through the emotional roller coaster of finding a therapist, you know, starting and stopping with all of these different people. And, and, and how do you know if you found the right one? All of these dumb fears, you know, all the very reasons why I need to just get a therapist, you know, I need to just do it. So I'm going to, and I need to get out of the environment that I've designed for myself in New York. There, it's it's very pressured. It's very structured. It's all I I feel like I I I overachiever here, and I don't want to be an overachiever anymore. Do you have a a sense of what make would make you happy? No, <laughs> I do not. And I do not have a vision for myself either, a vision for my life, a vision for my future. I lack sense of that. I just sort of do my music for now. I think enough people have told me they enjoy it. So I just keep making it because enough people have been like, oh, I really like this. I want to listen to it. So I say, okay, fine, I'll make it, you know, and I'll, I'll continue to make more because it just it just happens it comes out of me but i'd never dreamed of being a, a a singer i don't it is not my life's wish to be a singer it is not my life's wish to be here in this world at all you know it's quite i get things get quite dark in my life and in my head because there's just suffering everywhere you know and i find myself i don't know wanting to be a hippie you know just like let it all go and, and stop trying to stop being a pawn 
Okay. You know, stop being, stop allowing this world to oppress you and and allowing it to oppress others around you. Like it's just, it's sad. the the world The world that we live in is quite sad. Mm -hmm. You know. I know. <laughs> in contrast to that, if I may, I have seen that in your Instagram, you post pictures and videos of you playing your music. Yes. And people listening to the music and usually I've seen the pictures that you post and they're usually not from your perspective mm. they're taken from the back of the people and it's basically people surrounding you yeah. while you play your music mm. does that bring joy to you to see people enjoy your art sometimes yes it's still a bit surprising I struggle quite a bit with myself loving myself my worth and things like that and so when people show love and support for my work i'm like what really you like this <laughs> okay it is very exciting it's impossible for it to not be exciting but i waver and fluctuate emotionally about myself and my work and and my life and its meaning and all of this stuff so yes i do i feel very excited and i feel very happy when people are impacted by my work, but it wears off very quickly. And then I feel dark again and I feel empty again and I feel like, what am I even doing? Why am I even doing this? Yeah. You know, yeah. the darkness outweighs the light mm -hmm. often just because, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a glimmer. My performances is a, is a glimmer of positivity amongst just the days and days and days of getting up, going to work, paying your bills, you know, like I know. eating shit food and New York is a complicated city. It's and it uh weighs yeah. down on people, especially people like us that come from places. And I will say I think the sun has a huge effect on huge on effect. our emotions. When there's no sun, where there's no warmth and when there's no people around us that are constantly You know, saying it's all good. You can mm, call me whenever. You can mm, be with me whenever. When everything's rigid, just, it's it's very difficult. And it's great yeah. if you want to accomplish some things. Yeah. I definitely accomplished a lot living here in New York. That things that I wanted, things that I'm proud of, things that I'm grateful for. I accomplished so much here, and and that's I feel like that's what the city is for. It it is for you to come and accomplish things. And, you know, if you if you like it and if you vibe with it, you can stay and live out the rest of your days or it's okay to let go and move on. And that's what I'm starting to allow myself. Like, you know what, Jess, let go of your pride. You don't have to force yourself. Like, just break, break away from the the need to be productive and accomplish things and, you know, work very hard <laughs> so if if you so let's say and this i think this is this will happen we publish the story we work on it you know yeah. who do you think would you want this to be read by like who do you think this is some somebody you would tell your story to is there someone you want to tell your story to in particular well i'm actually quite open i tell my story to just about everyone and anyone i'm not I'm not very selective when it comes mm. to that. I, I know that people advise against being so open and transparent mm. with others, but I can't help it. 
Mm-hmm. I can't help it. I, I, I don't mind people knowing that I'm, you know, I don't mind you knowing. <laughs> yeah. All the yeah, things yeah. that I'm saying, it's like things that we're not supposed to say, you know, mm. things that uh, are unpleasant. You know, it's unpleasant to talk about these things and for others to know that mm. I'm dealing with these things. But I really don't, I don't mind. I think it's better for people to know about it than to hide it. So yeah, I can't really say that I have a particular person in mind or category of people in mind. I I think they will know themselves a reader will read this and be like, oh, I was supposed to read this story. Mm-hmm. This one is for me. And yeah. I don't know who those people are. They know themselves and they will yeah. know themselves. And um, I don't know. You. This Thank is you. for you. Thank you. Yeah, this is you a personal reader. project. Yes, for <laughs> sure. I've talked to people and some people, for example, Tatiana from Belarus, she said that her story, she wanted people that were looking for second chances Mm. to read her story. She came to the U.S. when she was 18 Mm. and she married a guy that was moving here. She moved because she wanted something more from her life. Mm. She used to live in a a farm and she used to be a very bright kid Mm. and she wanted to see what else was Mm. in store for her life. So she moved with her boyfriend. She married her boyfriend. She started her family at a very young age. Mm. Now she's going through a, a bunch of stuff. But long story short, she didn't know how to even speak English when she came here. She had to label a bunch of stuff in wow. her room, in her house to like know the names. She got lost on the subway many, many, many times. Oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> she lied in her first job. She said she was a barber. She then she wasn't a barber. She didn't know how to cut hair. Her <laughs> manager was like, you don't know how to cut hair, but OK, I will train you. <laughs> and now she owns her own barbershop. That's so, so cool. And, and, you know, she's getting a divorce. and Okay. But that that's why she was like, you know, I want people that are looking for second chances to read my story. Because mm. maybe there's something in my story that that would inspire them. Mm. Kathy from Venezuela, she she said something similar theme, not super, super similar, but a little bit similar to what you're saying. She was like, there are people in my, in her home country that think, that they need to move to the U.S. to New York because mm. New York is where you'll find success. And she was like, not necessarily. Yeah. Like you can it's, be it's whatever you want anywhere mm-hmm. else. If you want to come here, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree with that. So you know when you said it was for me, yeah, because I I think a lot about these about you guys and I I take you with me obviously with the pictures. Mm. So I just wanted to say I'm I'm really appreciative of your time and of your openness. I think mm. it's a gift for people to be open with anyone, mm. and I'm happy it happened with me. Mm. And I wanted to ask you now that we're that we're talking about appreciation a little bit. Is there something that you're thankful for about New York, about your experience here? Yeah, New York. I mean, it's integral. It's it's played an integral part of of my development as a person. I when I first came here, I was very shy. I was incomplete, definitely. I think I'm still incomplete now, but less incomplete than before. <laughs> New York really toughened me up in a lot of good ways. It helped. I learned how to stand up for myself, how to speak up for myself, how to how to be brave in dangerous situations. I mean, I I learned a lot on how to interact 
with with people who were different from me. Even though I had been doing it my whole life already, I learned a lot more specifics here. I, I think that the diversity in this city, if you should choose to immerse yourself in the diversity, a lot of people don't, funny enough, but I immersed myself in the diversity here in the city and I learned how to interact with people that were different than me in, in all the categories of life and and listen, you know, how to listen to them and how to show respect to them and how to create spaces where people felt seen and valued. Mm. And New York provided me so many opportunities to do that, you know, to listen to people, to show people love, you know, and yeah, I'm very grateful for that. You know, I, d I developed a lot about my, my character, my values here. And then, I mean, yeah, I, myself as an artist definitely developed being here <laughs> because I, because it's such a, there's such a void of art here, funny enough, mm. especially if you don't, if you aren't employed as an artist already, mm. if you're still in the upcoming, you know, the open mic type things, I, the void of opportunity for people, artists like me, really pushed me to create my own space. Song Right Tonight was, a, was an example of me being, me deciding that I don't like the industry here for for uh, performers of my caliber. It's n it's all scams, basically. Open mics are a scam. It it is not serve you mm. to participate in those things. Not really. So I I created my own event, and I'm so grateful for that. I I can look back and and be like, wow, I really did that, and I can do that, and I am capable of this. I I learned how capable I am here you know new york and it led me to see myself <laughs> you know funny enough and i had so many opportunities to be brave to overcome my fears and to do things that i never even imagined myself to do i never imagined i would be a bartender i think it's like I, I was very intimidated by that and then i turned out to be one of the strongest bartenders at my job like it still shocks me to this day. Like, I'm like, what? I can do this? And then I, and then I do it. And then it's, and everyone's like, wow, you're the best bartender ever. I love what your drink, I love your drinks. Same thing with music. Every, I, I have an event, people come to me and they're like, you, they were in tears, literally sobbing, talking to me about how my music touched them. And I'm like, wow, I did that. All of that happened here while I was in the city. All of the, those those details, all of that was facilitated by, you know, me in this city. And I am grateful for it. I think I, I'm also grateful for a moment of reflection. Thank you so much for offering me this time to reflect <laughs> as I leave. <laughs> it feels weird. Works. My heart is beating so fast. Like I I tried to take a nap after my flight this morning and I just like, I can't calm down. I'm freaking out, to be honest. I mean, I'm, I'm leaving my partner behind. He's supportive, but sad. Obviously I'm, I don't know if I'm going to see this apartment again. 
you know, I don't know if I'm, I have no idea what I'm doing and I feel very scared about it. And that's truly where you find me today. I'm freaking out. I have, I'm going to pack my suitcase. <laughs> I really appreciate your time, really. Yeah. Well, I, I think uh, I will follow up with you with any other questions mm -hmm. later. I want to respect your time and really appreciate it because mm -hmm. I know you have a lot of stuff to do. Yeah. Would you mind if I, if we take some pictures? Please no? do. Yeah, let's take some pictures. For many of us that have left our countries, moving to New York City can feel less about stepping out of your comfort zone and more like being shoved out of it. Any sense of control you might have thought you had when you arrived quickly fades away as you start creating a new life for yourself in the city. But as author Neil Donald Walsh wrote, life begins at the end of your comfort zone. I believe no words can ring truer to anyone who has lived in New York City, a place that, as just described during our time together, can help you find courage, can help you find your own voice. And I'll just add, a place where you can find what makes you indestructible. <laughs>